0: Backwide, Vancouver, as the Canucks defeat the Dallas Stars by a score of 2-0, three straight victories for this Vancouver Hockey Club. Thatcher Demko gets the shutout, and we are here to break it all down, and this Hockey Club Blake, continues to provide us no shortage of talking points. They won a laugher in San Jose, and you wondered. I mean, they were stepping up a weight class, obviously, against a Dallas team that came in with a 7-1-1 record. I mean, this was an early season heavyweight matchup based on the record's and the Canucks able to grind out a low scoring affair and hold this Dallas team without a goal. They had some chances, but Thatcher Demko with his second shutout of the season already. He only had one all of last year and he's already outdone himself and this team continues to outdo itself with a record now of 8 Two and one. They redeem themselves uh, for Thatcher Demko
1: after, of course, the shutout bid was uh, spoiled in San Jose. That would have been one of the easiest shutouts of his career. This one far more difficult. I mean, the Stars only credited with 27 shots on goal, but they had all a ton of possession, especially in the final four minutes when they went six on five for the most part, but they just didn't generate a lot of shots on Demko but he had to be on his toes ready for everything and there were spectacular saves we've marveled at Demko's uh, efficiency and calmness in bringing the 7-2-1 record uh, to the forefront through 10 games so far this season well this one was full value for Thatcher Demko in some ways taking nothing away from the uh, you know it's a skill to make things look as calm as he has but I think he was extended the most maybe in tonight's game uh, as he was all season long, a couple spectacular saves.
0: Yeah. The one-off Wyatt Johnson on the first period of power play is going to stand the test of time. You'll see that on highlight reels all season long. And I would think in anybody that's compiling saves of the year, I know there's a lot of hockey, a lot of runway left, but that one is going to again, stand the test of time. It was that good as he moved from his right to his left, got the glove out and Wyatt Johnson all alone in front of the net and then tied to Landry off that scramble in the second period. Demko was down, but didn't give up uh, the post, was able to hold his ground, if you will. And that was on a Canuck power play, too. Uh, Canuck's power play was, it looked so good for the first four chances tonight. The fifth one got a little uh, scrambly, and, and that resulted in that Dallas chance. And, you know, they score there. They're on the board. They cut the Canucks' lead in half, and there's a period of hockey to go. Who knows where the game goes? But Thatcher Demko is paid to make those types of saves, and... He has just been dialed in and so good, as we said, two shutouts, both of them on home ice, the 5-0 win over the St. Louis Blues a couple of weeks ago, and, and here now, 2-0 against a Dallas team that, again, came in on a roll, was playing some really good hockey. Not that they didn't play well in this game. I thought that first period, from a spectator standpoint, the best period of hockey that the Canucks have been involved in back and forth, it wasn't crazy about the officiating there were a couple of I thought sketchy penalties but they cut both ways Mm -hmm. I think both teams understood this is a Saturday night it was a hockey night in Canada game talking to players after the morning skate they got a sense that their record has earned them some of the attention that they're getting around the National Hockey League now and there was some build-up and it kind of felt that way and even though there weren't any goals scored there were chances both ways Besser opens the game with a A breakaway on a great play by J.T. Miller on the back check. Yes, I repeat, J.T. Miller on the back check. And then all in one motion, just fires the puck out to center and Besser skates onto it. Those guys in a groove and kind of thought, all right, he's going to pick up where he left off the other night in San Jose. And he's already had the big night at home against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, He was stopped by Jake Ottinger there. And then we talked about Wyatt Johnson on the power play. But boy, in that second period, the ice tilted in a huge way. In favor of the home team. Earlier this season, we saw there were stretches in each of the first four or five games where the other teams really applied pressure and the Canucks were on the ropes a little bit. Well, the Canucks did that to Dallas in the second period. At one point, the shots were 12 to 1. And in terms of his own time, I mean, the, the Stars barely touched the puck. It almost never left the Dallas end. And eventually, the Canucks were able to break through.
1: It feels like somebody told them coming off of that Sharks game, no one thinks you can do this against good teams. And, you know, I'm, I made that up. I mean, but it, you, you, you sometimes have to manufacture slights. Athletes do it all the time in order to make themselves get up for games. And and I wonder if, if Rick Tockett sort of posed that to, that, hey, guys, people think that your records because we face easier opponents whatever the reason, maybe it's just professional focus, but they brought it today against a very good foe, you know, after trading punches with them in the opening period, like you mentioned, again, sort of said, no, we're going to do better than that. And they came out with a strong second period. So macro and micro, they have risen to the occasion here. And lo and behold, eight, two, and one, only the Vegas golden Knights who are unbeaten in regulation, are ahead of the Vancouver Canucks in the Western Conference, and only them and Boston are ahead of the Vancouver Canucks in all of the National Hockey League. So normally I would preach patience about the next week ahead of them, but let's just call a spade a spade. The Oilers are flailing right now. They're Monday. Ottawa Senators reeling, booed off the ice today. Booed off the ice at home. That's the Thursday opponents. So the next two are teams in dire straits. They're going to make them play the games, but I'm saying if the Canucks can be a half as good as they are tonight, like Saturday versus the Stars, they're going to be in pretty good shape, I would think, at least for the next couple of games.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is heady stuff for the Canucks. Uh, the record is what it is, but when you scratch beyond the record, uh, they're full value for it. And I do think that Rick Talkett in the co- and the coaching staff, they're going to love the fact that the follow-up to a romp in San Jose was the ability to grind out a low scoring game. You can win the high scoring games where things are going your way. And San Jose's given up double digits on consecutive nights. So if the Canucks thought they accomplished something at the tank the other night, uh, Pittsburgh went in there and hung a 10 spot on San Jose (laughs) as well. But the Canucks did a nice job of turning the page and focused on this task at hand. And again, uh, you know, back and forth in that first period, no blood. And then they were able to open the scoring and, was there value in Pia Suter getting his first of the season the other night in San Jose? Well, it turns out that, yeah. I mean, he backed it up, and now he's got two. And we've wondered a few nights along the way, you know, what happens when the superstars on this team are held in check? And ultimately, they weren't, because we'll get to Elias Petterson and his goal. But for Pia Suter, all of a sudden, you're feeling like, okay, the other night, that one was gravy for from a personal perspective, good, just to get your first and feel like you're fine at the back of the net. You know, bit of a broken play, but nice read by Suter to jump on that loose puck and then go low to the glove side on Ottinger, uh, who, I mean, the numbers are what they are. I mean, he is one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And so for the Canucks to break through, get the first one, Dakota Joshua, who was parked the other night, he bounced back. Uh, I think uh, he's worth talking about and we'll get there. But, Uh, you know, good for the Canucks. Uh, Open the scoring, and they've shown when they get out in front, for the most part, save for the Rangers game last Saturday, you know, get a lead, lock it down, and they did a pretty nice job of that.
1: Defensemen continue to chip in points. Susie gets his third assist. Carson Susie's got five points in nine games. He's better than (laughs) a half point per... Carson Susie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Philip Roenick maintains his scoring streak. He's still a point per game. Philip Roenick, I'll have to see if it's been updated. I think he's in a tie for second place scoring in def- for defensemen. <laughs> the only person with more points than Philip Roenick <laughs> is his partner. Is his partner. <laughs> like I these can't. are the absurdities of yeah. of this season right now where, you know what, over six, seven, eight games, it's a hot streak. When, when you're getting it past double digits now, uh, you have to think that at least some of this is just who the Canucks are. It, Folks, they're going to lose three in a row at some point this season. They could lose four or five in a row. Like, a good team still do those sorts of things. But I think you have to say, if you can do this over 11 games now, you can probably replicate this over six or seven games again and again a couple more times this season. This is more than just a hot streak at this point for the Canucks.
0: Yeah, so they get the one nothing lead, and we'll talk more about Hronik and his offensive exploits in a sec, but – Eight seconds after Pia Suter opens the scoring, Ronick gets called for high sticking. And I thought that was a key portion of this hockey game because we talked about the Wyatt Johnson chance in the first period on power play. The Stars have top guns. Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski's been doing it forever. Jamie Benn, still productive out there. Miro Heiskanen. Like, they've got a high-end power play. And for the Canucks, they were textbook on that penalty kill. So they've opened the scoring. Now the Stars rather go to the power play, a chance to even this hockey game. And the Canucks spent a good portion of that kill up ice, applying pressure, not allowing Dallas out of its own zone, not allowing it to enter the Canuck end and set up with a man advantage. I was really impressed with the penalty kill that got torched one week ago for three goals by the Rangers. Two of them were five on three. But really since then, uh, we have seen that this penalty kill, you know, there's reason to believe that it's not a mirage, kind of like the record here as well. Uh, there were reasons why it got uh, scored on early in the season. We won't go over some of the opponents that they've played. We've talked about that. But I just thought in this game, in that moment, with a one nothing lead, that was a huge penalty kill. And the penalty kill goes 3-for-3 uh, three three on the night, gave up some shots. Uh, again, that's going to happen against good teams. The Canucks penalty kill got the job done. And the power play, which didn't score. Now, it scored four times the other night in San Jose. Again, those are the Sharks. I was blown away by how good the power play looked against the Dallas Stars. Stars came into this game, like having given up two goals against while shorthanded all season. Like, for me, that was the game within the game, was this Canuck power play that entered the night somewhere at 34.5% coming off the night that they had against San Jose against the the, the Stars' penalty kill. The Canucks didn't score on the power play. But they had 12 shots on goal with mm-hmm. man advantage, and it felt like Brock Besser had all 12 of them. Like my goodness, what he is just he getting had. so many looks right now; it's incredible. Hey, he
1: is putting himself in all sorts of great positions. I, I don't know that we generally think of him as a like breakaway kind of guy, but he got one of those as a guy who's not fleet of foot. That's how you get breakaways: is anticipation. He deserves at least one here. My goodness, after probably four <laughs> or five, and that would have put him in good stead. But it's only Elias Patterson that gets on the board of, amongst the true superstars, if you will. And he gets his sixth of the season. It's an even strength goal, which has been rare for a lot of the top stars just because they've been feasting on the power play. Just, I mean, I, we, we haven't really had to harp on the even strength output because if you're scoring a ton of power play goals, you don't need to. And maybe there, maybe there's a, a better game management model there to be made that, you know, if you're up 3 nothing in a game at even strength, do you need to take risks? Probably not. You can probably sort of bide your time and your need to create at even strength isn't really there, but they get one tonight and they get some help from the defense and from the depth and they still find a way to manufacture this victory here. So it takes all kinds of ways to get victories throughout the season. This is a more unique one against a, a, a very stout foe with a very good goaltender. That power play you know, being over with 12 shots, that's a story in a game you lose by one goal. Got to find a way to get one of those shots. Doesn't really matter.
0: We'll get to the stat that stands out a little later here on Rink wide, but just try this one on for size. Brock Besser had four shots on goal on 14 attempts in this hockey game. And I've watched them practice here lately, and I, I'm totally on board with the the movement on the power play is incredible. And it really is confusing defenses right now and setting up guys and they're finding guys for open looks. And one of the looks is Besser from the bumper kind of pops out towards the blue line a little bit deeper to create some space and some separation. And the way he's shooting the puck right now, uh, he's getting some really good looks there. Uh, I know he scored on the one-timer the other night in San Jose. It just kind of feels like that's going to be a thing that's uh, there for him all season long. So Besser had 14 attempts. Elias Pedersen had seven shots on goal himself, and one of them found the back of the net. But it was Philip Ronick who did, did the heavy lifting on oh. that goal. Like, you talk about 11 assists for Filip uh, easily his prettiest, uh, to move in from that right point position, lane to the net, opened up, looked like he was going to shoot, sold the shot. Uh, I certainly bought it. The Stars clearly bought it and never a bad play just to slip it over to ep40 there with a, a wide open net and
1: it wasn't even really Elias patterson's cleanest reception and release it was like whoop yep, yep, yep he flipped it toward like he had all time all day to figure out what he wanted to do with that and uh, Jay Cottinger still couldn't get across so that's how uh, much philip ronick had them leaning the wrong way it's uh it's an embarrassment of riches on that top pairing it really is how how that top pairing fares in the playoffs. Cross the bridges when we get to them here, folks, if that's what you're thinking, because they're not the most stout-looking pairing, for sure. But right now, they're making mincemeat of teams in the regular season and uh, eating up almost half the game together doing it. So I I don't think um, anybody's too concerned about that just now.
0: No, and Elias Pettersson, with his sixth goal of the season, has now joined Jack Hughes atop the NHL scoring derby. So a low-scoring game. Uh, they feasted on the Sharks the other night, uh, but he gets one, and that's all he needed to match Jack Hughes at 20 points through 11 games for Elias Pettersson. So the beat goes on there. Uh, you know, we've just become conditioned to Quinn Hughes finding his way out of the score sheet. This is a rare night where that doesn't happen. Shameful. And quite frankly, <laughs> you know, who knows why, uh, he, he was not anywhere close to his best. It certainly didn't hurt the Canucks, but he felt like he was fighting the puck all night
1: long. He slipped on a banana peel a couple of times. Yeah. Uh very odd. Yeah. The weird one game road trip probably gets you out of sorts a little bit. So hey, they get the uh, the extra hour of sleep on a Saturday into Sunday, so uh maybe Quinn Hughes can use that to his benefit and you know, I suspect they play a pretty wide open game on Monday versus the Oilers too, so Quinn Hughes could come in very handy
0: on a night like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh we'll give him a pass uh, yeah. for uh, uh this night because uh, he has just been dynamite for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, who have won three in a row now. They're 6-0-1 in their last seven when you go back to the win in Florida a couple of weeks ago. And then you look at the home record, and it started with the 8-1 thrashing of the Oilers, who are back for the second and final visit on the 6th of November. Some weird scheduling. And, of course, they were in Edmonton. So three of the four matchups. I think the final one, I think, is Game 82 of the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. So they won't see the Oilers again until after Monday night. But they... Walked all over Edmonton on opening night, 8-1. to They shut out the St. Louis Blues. Lost to the Rangers 4-3 in overtime. Then beat Nashville 5-2, to I guess it was. So Pedersen with the hat trick. And then a shutout here tonight. They've given up seven goals in five games on home ice. And have scored how many? Like, that, that is a lot of goals. But seven goals in five games, two shutouts. And when you dig a little deeper... I mean, the Rangers scored three on the power play. The Oilers' lone goal on opening night was a power play goal by Dreisaitl. Like they've given up two five-on-five goals. Two in five games, and they were both, by the Nashville Predators, 30 seconds apart. Other than that, the Canucks have not surrendered five-on-five offense to any of the other four opponents.
1: 25 goals for.
0: 25-7 to seven right
1: now. Yeah. That works. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. We're, we're running out of adjectives and platitudes here, <laughs> folks, because even after that first period, which was scoreless, the first scoreless first period of their season, if, if you missed that, um Jeff, they were just whipping the puck around, like so much confidence, a lot of that on the power play too, that again was an 0 for power play. But it, it was Harlem Globetrotters-esque, how they were just all in lockstep They've all got eyes in the backs of their head. They all seem to know what each other is thinking. There's synergy there that, uh, again, goes beyond a three, four, six, seven game hot streak. And eventually, eventually they're going to lose. Eventually, they're yep. going to lose a few games in a row. With as long as this has lasted, it's going to be that much easier for them to remember, I think, what this feels like. When it goes on for this long, you know, the neural pathways get worn down where they, they know exactly what to do. So if they do forget it for a few games, I suspect they'll, they'll find a way to get this back. This is just happening too much. It's too good. Sometimes it teams catch lightning in a bottle. I know their PDO has been high. I'm sure that will probably continue to rise a little bit here with the shutout. But eventually, or every once in a while, you get outlier teams that do outrun the averages, and this seems like uh, a a team might be capable of outrunning regression here for at least a season.
0: Well, certainly on the save percentage side, like I I don't see that dropping uh, an awful lot anytime soon. The way that Thatcher Demko is playing, the way that the guys are playing in front of him. Well,
1: he's not a surprise. Like of, of all the things, you know, keeping up even even great players keeping up shooting percentages at gaudy numbers, like that just doesn't happen. Like Kuzmenko was crazy last year; he was an outlier, but we know that Theschenko is just an outstanding goaltender. So, him having a ninth, and now now it's above nine forty, but him having a nine thirty save percentage is. I don't know. That's it's that's not crazy to think for an entire season. So, the Canucks don't have to have a gaudy shooting percentage to have a an abnormally high PDO, and that's what that is. If people are still new to that stat, so uh, it, there is a real potential here for this Canucks
0: team to to be a stats outlier for the season. We want to get to two other guys uh, here. We're going to get into the locker room. You're going to hear from Thatcher Demko. We'll hear from. Head coach Rick Talking, get his thoughts on this 2-0 win over the Dallas Stars as well. We've got our rink-wide Vancouver three-star selection and the stat that stands out from this night. But Dakota Joshua was parked the other night. Uh, messages have been sent right back to training camp in the preseason. He hasn't been good enough, but more than that, he just hasn't been consistent at all. He, you know, he scored on opening night. He had the eighth goal in the 8-1 win you know, you hoped kind of like we talked about with Suter and Beauvillier the other night that that would produce something, but it it hadn't. That was it. And hadn't been terribly physical. And it's turned in some shifts on the penalty kill. So I, I credit where it's due. But he is one of their bigger players. He has to leave his mark on games physically. He just has to. I mean, that's Rick it wants yeah. him to. And he's just been too quiet on too many nights. To his credit, he got an assist on the suitor goal, so primary assist on the suitor goal, that's great, but seven hits. I mean, he was trying to assert his will in this hockey game, and on top of that, when he was out there, the shots were 5-1 to one for the Vancouver Canucks at even strength, so spent most of his night in the offensive zone. I, I think that's fair to call that a, a fairly good bounce-back game for a guy that didn't get to have fun down in the Bay Area the other night.
1: Yes, the other thing that seems to be happening is not only is Rick Tockett finding all the right buttons to push in-game. Away from the game, he's finding the right buttons to push, too. And and guys are reacting to what he's doing with them. Everybody's buying into the system. I think that's what that is. It's, okay, you're disappointed in me? I'll bounce back. I'm J.T. Miller. You're benching me? Okay, I'll score you a big goal in the third period. Uh, same thing with Joshua here. So it, it's uh, everything is coming
0: up roses. And then it's 2 nothing Canucks. Stars are still very much in the hockey game. There's time left in that second period. And Ian Cole absolutely lowers the boom on Matt Duchesne, finishes his night. Duchesne left and did not return. And in comes Mason Marchment, trying to come to the defense of his teammate and stand up to Ian Cole. And away they go. The gloves come off in the building. I mean, obviously, the crowd's into it. As Ian Cole, because it's late in the second period... They don't go to the penalty box. Both players are guided to their locker rooms. The Canucks bench, every single guy up, standing, stick taps, taps on the shoulder for Cole as he walked past and, and down the tunnel. You could see the respect that the Canuck teammates had for Ian Cole in that moment absolutely demolished Matt Duchesne with the cleanest of body checks. And then Cole had to... Fight Mason
1: Marshman because of it. Did okay there as well. Our good friend Rob Williams asked him when his last fight was. He said, last year against Milan Lucic, I think. I don't know what I'm doing out here. (laughs) 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 He's picking some, you know, he's giving up height and reach to a lot of these guys. And and yet he continues to, to do just fine. So there's a lot of teams, ahem, Toronto Maple Leafs, that have a lot of meat and beef on their team. And Aren't reacting to these sorts of things, aren't stepping up when they need to. Um, this Canucks team right now is, is stepping up and is holding their own. Um, I don't think they're being pushed around, and that, and, and you know, even when if they don't have Dakota Joshua in the lineup, that, that isn't the case. And uh, with guys like Cole and Susie and Joshua around, these are bigger guys, doesn't mean they have to necessarily drop the gloves like Cole did today, but. They seem to be covering uh, enough of the ground that they need to with regards to throwing their
0: weight around. I've been impressed with Ian Cole right from day one of training camp. They're just the uh, thorough professionalism about him goes about his business, mm. and uh, you know, wasn't expecting him necessarily to drop the gloves. sounded like he wasn't <laughs> expecting yeah. to drop the gloves, but sometimes trouble comes to find you when you do what he did, and that was just absolutely deliver a thunderous body check on Matt Chain, who I hope is okay, uh, but uh, clearly. Uh, was on the wrong end of uh, that hit by Cole late in the second period. Canucks defeat the Dallas Stars by a score of 2-0. It's time for our Betway Bet of the
1: Night. And let's take a look at the menu for Sunday in the National Hockey League. And by the way, the Golden Knights are are back in action. That would be interesting. It takes a of that feisty Ducks team, but that's not the way I digress. I'm looking at Connor Bedard taking on an expected to be jack Hughesless New Jersey Devils. Take the Hawks at home. 285
0: for Chicago to skate away with victory. There you go. That's your betway. Bet of the day. Must be 19 years of age. Please play responsibly. The Canucks were very responsible. Thatcher Demko with the shutout. Uh, Canucks with a couple of goals. They defeat the Dallas Stars by a score of 2-0. We continue to break it all down for you right here on rink Vancouver. <laughs> Breaking down a fun night of hockey at Rogers Arena. The Canucks come out on the right end of a 2-0 score against the Dallas Stars. It's Jeff, it's Blake, it's Rinkwide Vancouver, and we like to get inside the locker room. So uh, you've heard us and our thoughts on this hockey game. Let's hear from the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Rick Tockett who thought, really, this kind of lived up to the billing, that this was a battle of two very good hockey clubs.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's two teams that have been on a bit of a roll kind of game. You know, a um, little bit of everything. You know, great goaltending. I mean, the state's got some good goaltenders with Demko and Hockinger and the Hullabuck, boy. Uh, but anyways, Denver was unreal. Their goalie was played great. Um, yeah, it was kind of a back-and-forth type of game, but but I think it was a structured game by both teams. I mean, there's a few mistakes by both teams, but I, in all, I thought it was a well-played, structured game by both teams.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I mean, well-played by both teams. A little plug in there for USA Hockey whenever we see the next best on best, but he's not wrong.
2: I
1: did a deep dive on this recently. You find me the next Canadian goaltender. No, and, and And honestly, he named three there. You can go deeper than that with the U.S. and they're still pretty good. U.S. and Russia are doing just fine. Who's the next Canadian goaltender? But great goaltending performance. Allow me to slide this stat in. Most goals in a day in National Hockey League history by a country mile. Remember, everybody played a week and a half ago. Um, they scored 12 fewer goals that night than they did tonight. Now, there were 15 games, 30 teams played tonight, but... Um, but it beats the previous record by 10 wow. goals tonight. So this 2-0 game was the only one that was a nail-biter playoff kind of game. Were they were shooting the lights out everywhere else.
0: Six was across the board, then we talked about 10, and Vegas had 7. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious, too, to hear from Rick Tockett and his thoughts. We gave ours on Ian Cole in a, in a 2 nothing game. So it wasn't like it was the first five minutes setting the tone, but... Again, Ian Cole with the big hit. And we know that Rick Tockett in his playing days certainly delivered a few mm-hmm. of his own and likes that physical element. Uh, Rick Tockett on Ian Cole delivering the hit on Matt Duchesne.
2: That was a momentum. Uh, I, the, the whole team, that was a big lift from our team. Kohlers, um, I've seen him do it before many times. Hell of a hit. And uh, fights for the team. Yeah, that was a, that's a big thing for us right there. The whole, the whole bench was up after that. And we started to play even better. So, those things help help a team. Yeah,
0: he, he sort of saw what I saw. I mean, he was at ice level, obviously, talk it was, but uh, just the reaction of the bench. To me, that just kind of tells you that these guys are in it. They're mm-hmm. they're in it together. Like, yeah, I've seen lots of guys drop the gloves and it doesn't get a reaction from the teams that they play for, whatever the case. I mean, it just to me, the hit was huge, but I, I thought that that reaction just said something about this group and the way that they're kind of Dialed in right now.
1: You, you do wonder, you know, in previous years where they're o five and two, or you know, you can go even in the recent history beyond last year where they've had tough October's. You know, how much do you have to work not only to get yourself out of that hole mathematically? These are human beings out there. You don't feel good about your game. You don't feel like you have a ton of chemistry when you're o five and two out of the gate. And even if you get a win after that, we've seen this with with Edmonton. It's a good example. You have a terrible start. You get a big win. They got a big win at the Heritage Classic, but it's just one win. It it still doesn't make you feel like you can take on the world. How long does it take for you to, as a team, feel like you can take on the world? The Canucks really feel like they can take on the world. They could lose back-to-back games. I I don't think they're going to lose the battle for each other that they've got right now. It's going to have to take a lot of losing for them to not believe in each other right now. That's how good it's going right now.
0: Well, Thatcher Demko, second shutout of the year. We've talked about that. This was the first time that he had started three straight games. And we wondered on Rinkwide the other night, you know, was it a wise call for him to start in San Jose? Uh, Did they need a goalie in San Jose? Uh, Whatever the case, uh, they do want to get him in a groove. They don't want to overplay him. But this was the first time that Casey DeSmith had a Saturday night off. So for Saturday of the season for Thatcher Demko, you got the Oilers in and then a little bit of a break before they go out East and play on they play Monday and then they play Thursday and there are back-to-backs next weekend Toronto and Montreal so De Smith's gonna get his games and mm-hmm. he's earned opportunities but at the same time I mean it's taken them basically uh almost a month into the season before Thatcher Demko's played three in a row uh when you think of a couple of seasons ago I mean never got nights off so they've done a nice job in their goaltender rotation but I would think coming off a shut last time he had a shutout they played back to back and they went with the Smith against the Rangers I would expect that they will throw Thatcher Demko at the Edmonton Oilers yeah, I on think so too. Monday night let's hear from Demko and again we're talking about this team playing for each other and Demko uh, saw some pretty good signs of that tonight you can just tell when guys want to play for each other and, and play to win um, it's, a, it's a fun feeling it's, it makes coming to the rink every day a lot of fun when, when you're playing for your teammates and, and there's that camaraderie so um, just the commitment to that through the, the second and third periods and, you know, not reaching at any point in the game, just staying the course, and uh, it was great. So there you go. It's not just us watching on that sort of seeing and feeling that as well. Demko talking about the fact that uh, these guys are, are battling for each other mm-hmm. and he benefits uh, with guys that are selling out and blocking shots and clearing the front of the net. And, you know, he's the last line of defense and his job is to stop pucks that come his way. Uh, a pretty manageable workload, though, on the night as he makes 27 saves for the goose egg. One of the goal scorers, Elias Pettersson, he gets his sixth of the season. We said uh, an incredible play by Philip Ronick, who, by the way, doesn't uh, ever seem to do post-game media. That's kind of his thing. Um, So we're not going to hear from him on his pass, but we will hear from the guy that uh, had it on his stick and into the back of the net. It went for his sixth of the season. Elias Pedersen, after the game, just asked about the contributions of Philip Haronic and the addition of Philip Haronic. They only saw him for four games last year uh, because of the injury, but uh, he has been there since day one, and what an addition uh, he's proved to be. Here's EP40 talking about Phil Haronic. I mean, both him
1: and Quinn are playing fantastic now. They're moving the puck well. I mean, he Haronic can skate the puck well, and he's uh, got good skills out there as well. So, um... It's very good to, it's very fun to see. He's like us, isn't he? He, he He's watching the pairing and going. <laughs> 11 points. <laughs> how, how, and how do we break up this pairing? Like, yeah. you know, the, the, he's marveling at both of them. And again, it's going to have to be really undone for Rick Tockett to move away from this pairing. It's just too good. You know, no matter what struggles the bottom four defensemen might be going through, right now it's just not worth spreading it out
0: when you you got these two kingpins that are doing what they're doing I didn't know what to expect from Heronick I liked the idea of Philip Heronick but there were people in the in Detroit that basically said he had lost his spot you know on the top unit power play and had been outplayed by others and I'm thinking why are the Red Wings willing to part with a right shot defenseman that's yeah, 25 sure. years of age they paid a price there's no doubt about it but to get a guy who just turned 26 the other day actually had his birthday uh, on Thursday and celebrated In San Jose with a couple of points, and here now, he hasn't had a night off. He hasn't had a night where you sort of questioned. His plays. has just been consistently high. But uh, we said that Quinn Hughes didn't have his best stuff tonight, but Philip Hronick was, again, able to keep his play at that level that it's been at all season. And so Hughes is able to—he can afford the odd slip and stumble somewhere along the line because Phil Hronick was there to pick him up.
1: Should we give a bit of a bouquet to Friedman and Myers who— are keeping the calamitous errors to a minimum. You know, Friedman had a little bit of a slip up in today's game, but then doubled back and corrected his own mistake, really, and got the puck out of the second time. Um, it just, you know, I, those two guys who, uh, by resume and by eye test, have have had a lot to work on, but they seem to be doing okay. They're holding, they're holding on right now.
0: Uh, and look, if we're gonna give out flowers here, uh, almost all the players, the coaching staff, we've talked about them. They all kind of looked like small trades in the moment. But the last three deals that Patrick Alvine and the front office have made here, Mark Friedman's one of them. Mm-hmm. Sam Lafferty on the eve of the season for a fifth-round pick. Really like what he's been doing. And yeah. Casey DeSmith. Tanner Pearson, he needed a change of scenery with the drama. It wasn't going to happen for him here. And for them to turn Tanner Pearson, And again, they had to add a sweetener. I get that. Uh, and we'll see how that all plays out. And I'm glad that Tanner Pearson's... Resumed his career, and looks like he's having some fun in that, needed, and that
1: trade needed to happen. Right. It just did. So,
0: But to add Smith, Lafferty, and most recently, Mark Friedman, all for relatively low price points. Because they're cap strapped. Who thought they could, with their
1: cap situation, improve the team via trade? Yeah. And here they have. You're right. They've gone three for three with these minor trades, but they're wins. All of
0: them. Speaking of threes, let's get to the rink-wide Vancouver three-star selection from this hockey game. I always like to compare it to the one selected in the rink by Hockey Night in Canada. And I can't argue they've got the two goaltenders and Pia Suter, uh, who scored the opening goal. It turned out to be the game winner. So they go Demko Suter, uh, the Canucks Suter, not Ryan Suter, (laughs) and uh, Ottinger, who, again, was up to the challenge and made some stops and made the Canucks work. Uh, I'm going to go with three Canucks, though, on the rink-wide selection here. And Demko is my first star. Uh, again, that first save alone, uh, even if the game had unfolded differently, I think uh, that save might have warranted consideration as the first star. But Thatcher Demko, 27 saves, second shutout of the season. He's my first star. I'm going Phil Hironik as the second star. I mean, the assist that he makes plays 25 minutes and 39 seconds. is the high ice time man for the Vancouver Canucks in this game. is just so damn solid right now, up to 11 points, as we mentioned. So I've got Phil Hironik as the second star. And on a night when the Canucks hold the Stars in check and don't give up a goal, Ian Cole. We've talked about him an awful lot. He's not going to figure in the Stars often as the season goes along, but that hit 3 minutes and 49 seconds of shorthanded time when the Canucks go 3-for-3 three three again on the penalty kill. Quality veteran presence on that back end who has quietly gone about his business. I say quietly. I mean, he's let his place be volume. So we've got two defensemen and the goaltender as uh, the rink-wide Vancouver, three stars in this hockey
1: game. Hronach. And the one forward from the previous uh, three stars, Pew Suter, uh, both great underlying numbers as well. So um, you know what, what your eyes are telling you, backed up by the stats in in a tight game. And it's one thing for us to say that in blowout victories where they've got the run of things, but it's a tight game on the scoreboard, it's a tight game on the shot clock. Eye test is is right on a bunch of.
0: Canucks are firing on all cylinders, and so are many of the vehicles on Mm. the lot
1: at Applewood. Boy, two good segues in a (laughs) row. What a professional. Uh, Folks, go check out what they've got at Applewood Kia in Surrey and in Langley. The legendary 2024 Sportage from 5.99% can finance or jump into the electric revolution. Find the Nero EVs and the new EV6 both in stock right now. Again, that's Applewood Kia in Surrey and in Langley. It's all good at Applewood. Vancouver
0: Canucks win again, three straight, with a 2 0 victory over the Dallas Stars. This is Rink Wide Vancouver. Pia Sooner and Elias Petterson, the goal scores. The Vancouver Canucks defeat the Dallas Stars by a score of two to zip. Edmonton in on Monday. We like to get to the stat that stands out from each and every one of these Vancouver Canuck games. And we do that here on Rinkwide. I mentioned this one earlier, but it's worth repeating, I think. And that is 14 shot attempts for Brock Besser, who doesn't figure in the scoring, but he just looks dangerous. He played 21 minutes and 53 seconds. And we both remarked, Blake, he's out there now as one of the guys (laughs) killing off the last couple of minutes. He scored an empty net goal in Florida. You're not always going to score the empty netter. PDG tried and missed by a mile that wasn't the best attempt for the empty netter. But Brock Besser, again, there's... We talk about this team being in lockstep. That line has just been so consistent right from the preseason. But that speaks volumes. We saw that when their shift was up with the... Because Dallas pulled a goaltender with four minutes to go. Uh, they pulled out all the stops there. But Elias Pedersen, Ilya Mikheyev, and Kuzmenko didn't get the opportunity. They had Sam Lafferty as the other forward on that line. So... Eric you know, Tockett's trust level maybe with Kuzmenko, and we should probably talk about Kuzmenko here as well. But let's just talk about Besser first, the defensive side, to see Brock Besser out there playing 22 minutes, and part of that is as a late-game guy trying to protect the lead.
1: They always are given 110%. They are, but it, it it displays differently sometimes. And I think he was just hampered, whether it was physically or just mentally, in the last couple of years. He was trying. He he was but it just looks a lot different than now the i mean he he had the desperation defensively and and yet still smart plays uh, combined with his his offensive um know-how and his ability to be in the right space that, i mean that's why he's getting all these good looks he's using his head he's not fast he can't just find his way into space he's got to be in good space he's doing that and i think he's applying the same sort of smarts to his defensive responsibilities. And when he has to get on his horse and make you know, four or five big strides to get to the puck, he's doing that too. So he's playing really, really well right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he said he was at peace that uh, last year was all about uh, dealing grieving the loss of his father. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll continue, obviously, to think about his father. But he did say that he was at peace as he arrived here for camp. And, and he's playing freely. Like, he's just he, – I mean, he's a volume shooter. And nights like tonight, four shots on goal, but 14 attempts – you like to see that from him. And so the goals have followed him. He's up to eight. He didn't add to that total, but it wasn't for lack of trying for Brock Besser. Now, at the other end of the spectrum is a guy like Andre Kuzmenko. And everything's going right for the Canucks. So I don't want to turn this into the, you know, who's the one guy that's not playing particularly well. Everybody's picking up their points because they're scoring so many goals. Uh, Kuzmenko held off the score sheet. That's not the issue He was held out of the shot column as well. Now, he's not a volume shooter compared to Brock Besser. We learned that about him last season. Mm -hmm. But even though he's got nine points, it just doesn't quite feel right around Andre Kuzmenko yet this season.
1: No. There's been a few key uh, skill plays. I thought he deserved a goal, was it two games ago? Yeah, he scored in San Jose. He scored every, in San Jose. Every, everybody did. But he, there was a spectacular play. I think it was two games ago where he did, you know, like it's still there. But I would say, for the most part, for a guy that flirted with 40 goals, does he look like that right now? No. He's just kind of there. He's not an anchor for that line by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not surfing at the top of the wave either. So as we look for ways that this connect team might be able to sustain what they're doing or heavens even get better, in addition to getting guys like Bluger back, which is the obvious way to, to get better here, him being a driver of play, that's
0: another way. And he scored so many tapping goals and on the power play, and those goals haven't really been there for him. Uh, I think they will be at some point. But again, this power play with just so much movement and motion right now. Well, the now, first shots are going in. That's part of it, too. You're <laughs> there's right. no change. No, you're right. Uh, he'll probably tip a few somewhere along the line and and get his. But, I mean, he burst onto the scene last year and was so much fun with the personality and everything else that we just kind of haven't seen that Andre Kuzmenko. But there are 11 games in. There's a lot of hockey still to go. You mentioned Teddy Bluger, and I'm glad you did because uh, I asked Rick Tockett after the morning skate And I feel like I've been asking Dockett almost on a daily basis for updates, and there hasn't been one. Uh, There is one that uh, Teddy Bluger skated on his own uh, on Friday, which was four weeks to the day from that October 6th injury. I have to assume that uh, there was some sort of fracture in there. We haven't talked to Bluger yet. Deep
1: bone bruises can take a long they time can. as well,
0: but yeah. Whatever the case, yeah. we all thought Susie was going to be the guy that was out for a while, and he missed a couple of games, and Blueger hasn't played yet. But talking said he skated. He's supposed to skate again this weekend, and he will travel on this upcoming three-game Eastern road trip. Wow. So they're in Toronto next Saturday and Montreal next Sunday. I mean, maybe he makes his season debut out on the road. Whatever the case, that is a development at the very least that he has put the skates back on and has been out there on the ice, the Canucks are to practice Sunday and then back at it on Monday against Edmonton. The Oilers losing at home against Nashville on Saturday afternoon. Uh, they're in a complete free fall. The Heritage Classic feels like two years ago now. It That's didn't right. provide any sort of bump for them. And this is mind-boggling. We kind of did the stat that stands out, but try this one on for size, that with where the Canucks are now at 8-2-1, and one, and the Oilers are 2-7-1, and one, if the Canucks will win on Monday in regulation, they will pull 14 points clear of the Edmonton Oilers less than a month into the season. 14 points! Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's like two
1: weeks of winning for one side and two weeks of losing for the other. That's a lot of ground to make up for the Edmonton Oilers.
0: Now, being 14 points ahead of the Oilers, you know, it allows Vancouver fans to dunk on Edmonton. I, I think everybody in hockey figured that the Oilers would be ahead of the Canucks at this stage of the season in terms of, you know, what that means for the playoffs. And it doesn't mean anything because you got to stay ahead of other teams as well. It's just
1: maybe it was a raceable pen, but it was pen, I think, into the playoffs. Oh,
0: yeah. I think in almost every like I I certainly yeah. didn't see anybody that was picking them to miss the postseason so that's one team right there and the funny
1: thing is too with that stat that you just found out that's for second like there's a team above the canucks you know like you know are are the other teams edmonton in particular really playing for one of the top three playoff spots right now like it it could be that way uh misery loves company though of course their southern neighbors in calgary are, are faring no better so there's room to go around but if la even gets a tiny bit better, and they've been pretty good too. There could be three teams running away with those three Pacific Division spots.
0: Well, Vegas at the end of this night is now eighteen points ahead of Edmonton. <laughs> like, I think most people saw them one two yeah in some order, uh, not necessarily Vegas ahead of Edmonton.
1: Oh, that's right. And L A. won tonight too. So yeah. they're like they're at sixteen points. Like that's the third team. That's the third team. Yeah,
0: crazy. It really is. Uh, it's been fun, and we'll see if the fun continues on Monday when the Canucks host the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it's always fun when you're dealing with Jason Hominick. It
1: It is, because he can take a load off your mind. If you're buying, hey, lock in your rate up to 120 days in advance. If you're renewing, do that as well. Uh, you only win. If it goes down, you take the lower rate. If it goes up, you have your locked-in rate. So, like, why wouldn't you call Jason at Jason.Morgas. Jason Hominick. And you talk to him, you'll get the wisdom of Jason Hominick and make sure you tell him that uh, you're a listener for Sikaris and Price. Get that personal touch with Jason at Jason.Hominick.
0: Yeah, these are incredible times. 11 games into the season, the Vancouver Canucks 8-2-1. and There are two teams. Two teams in the National Hockey League that are ahead of the Canucks in the standings. Vegas at 23 points, Boston at 19, and then you've got the Canucks who are tied with the New York Rangers, both of them with 17 points. you got Elias Pettersson who's tied for the scoring lead. You've got Thatcher Demko with his second shutout of the season already, which is one more than he had all of last year. So everything, and I mean everything, coming up roses for this Vancouver Canucks hockey team, and it makes uh, nights like this one and every night uh, at least so far this season there's buzz in the city there without a doubt there was a big game feel ahead of this one it wasn't packed which i was a little surprised saturday night i know that there had already been a lions game and maybe mm-hmm. that had taken some of the attention on the white caps on sunday you do wonder what it's going to take. When will there be full buy-in and back to, you know, roaring Rogers Arena with, the uh, you know, you can't get a ticket. But still, there was good energy in that building. And again, I thought they were treated to a, a terrific first period that didn't yield any scoring. And then the Canucks get the only two goals. 2-0 the final. We'll be back to do this again on Monday after the Canucks and the Oilers. We do it every night. When the Vancouver Canucks play for Blake, this is Jeff. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of Rinkwide Vancouver, brought to you by Betway.